Sojourn, Chapter 17 Outnumbered You seem troubled, Drizzt said to Montalio when he saw the ranger standing on a rope bridge the next morning. Hudu sat in a branch above him. Montalio, lost in thought, did not immediately answer. Drizzt thought nothing of it. He shrugged and turned away, respecting the ranger's privacy, and took the young's figurine out of his pocket. Gwenhyver and I will go out for a short hunt, Drizzt explained over his shoulder. Before the sun gets too high. Then I will take my rest and the panther will share the day with you. Still, Montalio hardly heard the drow. But when the ranger noticed drow placing the young's figurine on the rope bridge, the drow's words registered more clearly and he came out of his contemplation. Hold, Montalio said, reaching a hand out. Let the panther remain at rest. Driz did not understand. Gwenhyver has been gone a day or more, he said. We may need Gwenhyver for more than hunting before too long, Montalio began to explain. Let the panther remain at rest. What is the trouble? Drizzt asked, suddenly serious. What has Hooter seen? Last night mocked the new moon, Montalio said. Drizzt, with his new understanding of the lunar cycles, nodded. A holy day for the orcs, Montalio continued. Their camp is miles away, but I heard their cries last night. Again, Drizzt nodded in recognition. I heard the strains of their song, but I wondered if it might be no more than the quiet voice of the wind. It was the wail of orcs, Montalio assured him. Every month they gather and grunt and dance wildly in their typical stupor. Orcs need no potions to induce it, you know. I thought nothing of it, though they seemed overly loud. Usually they cannot be heard from here. A favorable, uh, unfavorable, wind carried the tune in, I supposed. You have since learned that there was more to the song, Drizzt assumed. Huta heard them too, Montalio explained. Always watching out for me, that one, he glanced to the owl. He flew off to get a look. Drizzt also looked up at the marvelous bird, sitting puffed and proud as though it understood Montalio's compliments. Despite the ranger's grave concerns, though, Drizzt had to wonder just how completely Montalio could understand Hooter, and just how completely the owl could comprehend the events around it. "'The orcs have formed a war party,' Montalio said, scratching at his bristled beard. "'Grawl has awakened from the long winter with a vengeance, it seems.' "'How can you know?' Drizzt asked. "'Can Hooter understand their words?' "'Oh, no, no, of course not.' Montley replied, amused at the notion. Then how can you know? A pack of wargs came in. That much Hooter did tell me, Montalio explained. Orcs and wargs are not the best of friends, but they do get together when trouble is brewing. The orc celebration was a wild one last night, and with the presence of wargs, there can be little doubt. Is there a village nearby? Drizzt asked. None closer than Maldabar, Montalio replied. I doubt the orcs would go that far, but the melt is about done, 
and caravans will be rolling through the pass from Sunderbar to Citadel Adbar, and the other way around, mostly. There must be one coming from Sunderbar, though I do not believe Grawl would be bold enough, or stupid enough, to attack a caravan of heavily armed dwarves coming from Adbar. How many warriors has the Orc King? Grawl could collect thousands if he took the time and had the mind to do it, Montalio said. But that would take weeks, and Grawl has never been known for his patience. Also, he wouldn't have brought the wargs in so soon if he meant to hold off while collecting his legions. Orcs have a way of disappearing while wargs are around, and the wargs have a great way of getting lazy and fat with so many orcs around, if you understand my meaning. Driz's shudder showed that he did indeed. I would guess that Grawl had about a hundred fighters, Montalio went on. Maybe a dozen to a score wargs by Hooter's count, and probably a giant or two. A considerable force to strike at a caravan, Drist said, but both the drow and the ranger had other suspicions in mind. When they'd first met two months before, it had been at Grawl's expense. It will take them a day or two to get ready, Montalio said after an uncomfortable pause. Hutu will watch them more closely tonight, and I shall call on other spies as well. I will go scout on the orcs, Drizd added. He saw concern cross Montalio's face, but quickly dismissed it. Many were the times that such duties fell on me as a patrol scout in Menzoberanzen, he said. It is a task that I feel quite secure in performing. Fear not. That was in the Underdark, Montalio reminded him. Is the night so different? Drizzt replied slyly, throwing a wink with a comforting smile Montalia's way. We shall have our answers. Drizzt said his good days then and headed off to take his rest. Montalio listened to his friend's retreating steps, barely a swish through the thickly packed trees, with sincere admiration and thought it was a good plan. The day passed slowly and uneventfully for the ranger. He busied himself as best he could in considering his defense plans for the grove. Montalio had never defended the place before, except once when a band of foolish thieves had stumbled in, but he had spent many hours formulating and testing different strategies, thinking it inevitable that one day Grawl would grow weary of the ranger's meddling and find the nerve to attack. If that day had come, Montalio was confident that he would be ready. Little could be done now, though, the defenses could not be put in place before Montalia was certain of Growl's intent, and the ranger found the waiting interminable. Finally, Hooter informed Montalia that the drow was stirring. "'I will set off, then,' Driz remarked as soon as he found the ranger, noting the sun riding low in the west. "'Let us learn what our unfriendly neighbors are planning.' "'Have a care, Drizzt,' Montalia said, and the genuine concern in his voice touched the drow. Grohl may be an orc, but he is a crafty one. He may well be expecting one of us to come and look in on him. Driz drew his still unfamiliar scimitars and spun them about to gain confidence in their movement. Then he snapped them back to his belt and dropped a hand to his pocket, taking further comfort in the presence of the Ankh's figurine. With a final pat on the ranger's back, the scout started off. 
Huta will be about, Montalio cried after him, and other friends you might not expect. Give a shout if you find more trouble than you can handle. The ore camp was not difficult to locate, marked as it was by a huge bonfire blazing into the night sky. Drizzt saw the forms, including one of a giant, dancing around the flames, and he heard the snarls and yips of large wolves, wargs, Montalio had called them. The camp was in a small dale, in a clearing surrounded by large maples and rock walls. Drizzt could hear the orc voices fairly well in the quiet night, so he decided not to get in too close. He selected one massive tree and focused on a lower branch, summoning his innate levitation ability to get him up. The spell failed utterly, so Drizzt, hardly surprised, slipped his scimitars back into his belt and climbed. The trunk branched several times, down low and as high as twenty feet. Drizzt made for the highest break and was about to start out on a long and winding branch when he heard an intake of breath. Cautiously, Drizzt slipped his head around the large trunk. On the side opposite him, nestled comfortably in the nook of the tree and another branch, reclined an orc sentry with his hands clasped behind his head and a blank, bored expression on its face. Apparently, the creature was oblivious to the silent-moving dark elf perched less than two feet away. Drizzt grasped the hilt of a scimitar. Then, gaining confidence that the stupid orc was too comfortable to even look around, changed his mind and ignored the orc. He focused instead on the events down in the clearing. The orc language was similar to the goblin tongue in structure and inflection, but Drizzt, no master even at the goblin tongue, could only make out a few scattered words. Orcs were a rather demonstrative race, though. Two models, effigies of a dark elf and a thin, mustached human, soon showed Drizzt the clan's intent. The largest orc of the gathering, King Grawl, probably, sputtered and cursed at the models. Then the orc soldiers and the wargs took turns tearing into them to the glee of the frenzied onlookers, a glee that turned to sheer ecstasy when the stone giant walked over and flattened the fake dark elf to the ground. It went on for hours, and Driz suspected it would continue until dawn. Grawl and several other large orcs moved away from the main host and began drawing in the dirt, apparently laying battle plans. Driz could not hope to get close enough to make out their huddled conversations, and he had no intentions of staying in the tree with the dawn's revealing light fast approaching. He considered the orc sentry on the other side of the trunk, now breathing deeply in slumber, before he started down. The orcs meant to attack Montalio's home, Drizzt knew. Shouldn't he strike the first blow? Drizzt's conscience betrayed him. He came down from the huge maple and fled from the camp, leaving the orc to its snooze and its comfortable nook. Montalio, hooter on his shoulder, sat on one of the rope bridges, waiting for Driz's return. "'They are coming for us,' the old ranger declared when the drow finally came in. "'Grohl has his neck up about something. Probably a little incident at Roji's Bluff,' Montalio pointed to the west, toward the high ridge where he and Driz had met. "'Do you have a sanctuary secured for times such as this?' Driz asked. "'The orcs will come this very night, I believe.' nearly a hundred strong and with powerful allies. "'Run?' Montalio cried. He grabbed a nearby rope and swung down to stand by the drow, Hooter clutching his tunic and rolling along for the ride. "'Run from orcs? Did I not tell you that orcs are my special bane? Nothing in all the world sounds sweeter than a blade opening an orc's belly. 
should I even bother to remind you of the odds? Drizzt said, smiling in spite of his concerns. You should remind Grawl, Montalio laughed. The old orc has lost his wits, or grown an oversized set of fortitude, to come on when he is so obviously outnumbered. Driz's only reply, the only possible reply to such an outrageous statement, came as a burst of laughter. But then, Montalio continued, not slowing a beat, I will wager a bucket of freshly caught trout and three fine stallions that old Grawl won't come along for the fight. He will stay back by the trees, watching and wringing his fat hands, and when we blast his forces apart, he will be the first to flee. He never did have the nerve for the real fighting, not since he became king, anyway. He's too comfortable, I would guess, with too much to lose. Well, we'll take away a bit of that bluster. Again, Driz could not find the words to reply, and he couldn't have stopped laughing at the absurdity anyway. Still, Drizzt had to admit the rousing and comforting effect Montalio's rambling imparted to him. "'You go and get some rest,' Montalio said, scratching his stubby chin and turning all about, again considering his surroundings. "'I will begin the preparations. You will be amazed, I promise, and rouse you in a few hours.' The last mumblings the drow heard as he crawled into his blanket in the dark den put it all in perspective. "'Yes, Hooter, I've been waiting for this for a long time,' Montalio said excitedly, and Driz did not doubt a word of it. It had been a peaceful spring for Kalendal and his elven kin. They were a nomadic group, ranging throughout the region and taking up shelter where they found it, in trees or in caves. Their love was the open world, dancing under the stars, singing in tune with rushing mountain rivers, hunting hearts with wild boars in the thick trees of the mountainsides. Kalendal recognized the dread, a rarely seen emotion among the carefree group, on his cousin's face as soon as the other elf walked into camp late one night. All the others gathered round. "'The orcs are stirring,' the elf explained. "'Grawl has found a caravan?' Kalendil asked. His cousin shook his head and seemed confused. It is too early for the traders, he replied. Grawl has other prey in mind. The grove, several of the other elves said together. The whole group turned to Kalendil then, apparently considering the drow his responsibility. I do not believe the drow was in league with Grawl, Kalendil answered their unspoken question. With all of his scouts, Montalia would have known. If the drow is a friend to the ranger, then he is no enemy to us. The grove is many miles from here, one of the others offered. If we wish to look more closely at the Orc King's stirrings and to arrive in time to aid the old ranger, then we must start out at once. Without a word of dissent, the wandering elves gathered the necessary supplies, mostly their great longbows and extra arrows. Just a few minutes later, they set off running through the woods and across the mountain trails, making no more noise than a gentle breeze. Drizzt awakened early in the afternoon to a startling sight. The day had darkened with gray clouds, but still seemed bright to the drow as he crawled out of his den and stretched. High above him he saw the ranger, crawling about the top boughs of a tall pine. Drizzt's curiosity turned to horror when Montalio, howling like a wild wolf, leaped spread-eagle out of a tree. 
Montalio wore a rope harness attached to the pine's thin trunk. As he soared out, his momentum bent the tree, and the ranger came down lightly, bending the pine nearly in two. As soon as he hit the ground, he scrambled to his feet and set the rope harness around some thick roots. As the scene fully unfolded to Drizzt, he realized that several pines had been bent this way, all pointing to the west and all tied by interconnected ropes. As he carefully picked his way over to Montaleo, Drizzt passed a net, several tripwires, and one particularly nasty rope set with a dozen or more double-bladed knives. When the trap was sprung and the tree snapped back up, so would this rope, to the peril of any creatures standing beside it. Drizzt? Montaleo asked, hearing the light footsteps. Where are your steps now? I would not want to have to rebend all these trees, though I will admit it is a bit of fun. You seem to have the preparations well underway, Drizzt said as he came to stand near the ranger. I have been expecting this day for a long time, Montalia replied. I have played through this battle a hundred times in my mind, and know the course it will take. He crouched and drew an elongated oval on the ground, roughly the shape of the pine grove. Let me show you. He explained, and he proceeded to draw the landscape around the grove with such detail and accuracy that Drizzt shook his head and looked again to make sure the ranger was truly blind. The grove consisted of several dozen trees running north-south for about fifty yards, and less than half of that in width. The ground sloped at a gentle but noticeable incline, with the northern end of the grove being half a tree's height lower than the southern end. Farther to the north, the ground was broken and boulder-strewn, with scraggly patches of grass and sudden drops, and crossed by sharply twisting trails. "'Their main force will come from the west,' Montalio explained, pointing beyond the rock wall and across the small meadow to a pair of dense copses packed between many rock ledges and cliff facings. "'That is the only way they could come in together.' Driz took a quick survey of the surrounding area and did not disagree. Across the grove to the east, the ground was rough and uneven. An army charging from that direction would come into a field of tall grass nearly single file, straight between two high mounds of stone, and would make an easy target for Montalio's deadly bow. South, beyond the grove, the incline grew steeper, a perfect place for orc spear-throwers and archers, except for the fact that just over the nearest ridge loomed a deep ravine with a nearly unclimbable wall. We will not see any trouble from the south, Montalio piped in almost as though he'd read Driz's thoughts. And if they come from the north, they'll be running uphill to get at us. I know Grawl better than that. With such favorable odds, he will charge his host straight in from the west, trying to overrun us. Thus the trees, Driz remarked in admiration, and the net and knife-set rope. Cunning, Montalio congratulated himself. But remember— I've had five years to prepare for this. Come along now. The trees are just beginning. I have duties for you while I finish the next tree trap. Montalio led Driz to another secret blanket-shielded den. Inside hung lines of strange iron items resembling animal jaws with a strong chain connected at the base. Traps, Montalio explained. Pelt hunters set them in the mountains. Wicked things. I find them. Hooter is particularly skilled at spotting them, and I take him away. I wish I had eyes to see the hunter scratching his head when he comes for them a week later. This one belonged to Roddy McGristle, Montalio continued. 
pulling down the closest of the contraptions. The ranger set it on the ground and carefully maneuvered his feet to pull the jaws apart until they were set. This should slow an orc, Montalio said, grabbing a nearby stick and patting around until he hit the plunger. The trap's iron jaws snapped shut, the force of the blow breaking the stick cleanly and wrenching that remaining half right out of Montalio's hand. I've collected more than a score of them, Montalio said grimly, wincing at the evil sound of the iron jaws. I never thought to put them to use, evil things, but against Grawl and his clan the traps might just amend some of the damage that they have wrought. Driz needed no further instructions. He brought the traps out into the western meadow, set and concealed them, and staked down the chains several feet away. He put just a few inside the rock wall, too, thinking that the pain they might cause to the first orcs coming over the wall would surely slow those behind. Montalia was done with the trees by this time. He'd bent and tied off more than a dozen of them. Now the ranger was up on a rope bridge that ran north-south, fastening a line of crossbows along the western supports. Once set and loaded, either Montalia or Driz could merely trot down the line, firing as he went. Driz planned to go and help, but first he had another trick in mind. He went back to the weapons cache and got the tall and heavy ransuer he'd seen earlier. He found a sturdy root in the area where he planned to make his stand and dug a small hole out behind it. He laid the metal-shafted weapon down across the root, with only about a foot or so of the butt sticking out over the hole, then covered the whole of it with grass and leaves. He just finished when the ranger called him up again. Here's the best yet, Montalio said, flashing his sly smile. He brought Driz to a split log, hollowed and burned smooth, and pitched the seal any cracks. Good boat for when the river's high and slow, Montalio explained, and good for holding Adbar brandy, he added with another smile. Driz, not understanding, eyed him curiously. Montalio had shown Drizzt his kegs at the strong drink more than a week before, a gift the ranger had received from warning a Sundabar caravan of Grawl's ambush intent, but the dark elf saw no purpose in pouring the drink into a hollowed log. That bar brandy is a powerful stuff, Montalio explained. It burns brighter than all but the finest of oils. Now Drizzt understood. Together... He and Montalio carried the log out and placed it at the end of the only pass from the east. They poured in some brandy, then covered it with leaves and grass. When they got back to the rope bridge, Driz saw that Montalio had already made the preparations at this end. A single crossbow was set facing east, its coral loaded, headed by a wrapped oil-soaked rag and flint and steel resting nearby. "'You will have to sight it in,' Montalio explained. "'Without Hooter,' I cannot be sure, and even with the birds, sometimes the height of my aim is off. The daylight was almost fully gone now, and Driz's keen night vision soon located the split log. Montalio had built the supports along the rope bridge quite well, and with just this purpose in mind, and with a few minor adjustments, Driz had the weapon locked on its target. All the major defenses were in place, and Driz and Montalio busied themselves finalizing their strategies. Every so often... Hooter or some other owl would rush in, chattering with the news. One came in with the expected confirmation. King Grawl and his band were on the march. You can call Gwenhiver now, Montalio said. They will come in this night. Foolish, said Drizzt. The night favors us. You are blind anyway and in no need of daylight, and I surely prefer the darkness. The owl hooted again. The main host will come in from the west, Montalio told Drizzt smugly. 
as I said they would. Scores of orcs and a giant besides. Hooters watching another smaller group that split from the first. The mention of the giant set a shudder along Driz's spine, but he had every intention and a plan already set for fighting that one. I want to draw the giant to me, he said. Montalio turned to him curiously. Let us see how the battle goes, the ranger offered. There is only one giant. You or I will get it. I want to draw the giant to me, Driz said again, more firmly. Montalio couldn't see the set of the drow's jaw or the seething fires in Driz's lavender eyes, but the ranger couldn't deny the determination in Driz's voice. Mangora Bak Waklak, Montalio declared again. Stupid blockhead! Translated word by word. Stone giants hate that phrase. Brings them charging in every time. Mangura Bakwaklok, drizzed mouth quietly. He'd have to remember that.